I'm Heather Roberts here with Julie Brown from the Ben Parks and Recreation District. Welcome back, Julie. Good morning. We talked recently about the survey that you guys conducted recently. You've got the results back. And and I just wanted to go into a little more detail about the changes this year. You guys asked some other questions about kind of safety and how welcome people feel to parks facilities in, in this year's survey. Why did you get into that mentality for users? With an opportunity to do a survey with the community every three years or so, we're always looking for what might be something that we didn't ask about three years ago that we want to now. As, as part of our overall efforts at the Park and Rec District, we have been working on diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. And we hired a consultant and we've created an action plan. And there's a lot of efforts that are already ongoing. So we were just trying to build upon those. Um, but we had a, an employee survey done within the last year that we also asked a question about safety and feeling safe in our facilities. <clears throat> and one of the things we realized after we asked the question was we were unsure as somebody who was taking that survey, if they would interpret that question as being feeling safe amongst their colleagues within our facilities or also with patrons. And we realized that the way that we had written the question didn't necessarily lend itself to clarity in that way. So as we were putting together the questions for this survey to the community members, we, we really wanted to kind of dig into that piece of it as well. So that's why we asked some questions about, do you feel welcome in our parks, trails, and recreation facilities? And do you feel safe in those places? And generally, we were pleased with the results. Both of them were, um, you know, 81 and 86%. But of the uh, respondents who indicated that they have used one of our programs or been in one of our places within the last year, that number increased even into the 90%. So that was a really good indication for us. But it is one of those areas where we we know that we always have room to improve and, and just making sure that people feel safe and welcome in our places is one of the, the priorities that we have. I think of that question in my perception as crime or, you know, did, did I feel physically unsafe because someone is coming at me with a weapon or something versus someone who maybe feels subtly discriminated against or in that respect, are you able to distinguish those answers? Not necessarily in, we can't distinguish based on the, the input that we got for this survey, but that does lend us the opportunity to dig into that a little bit further with some follow-up work. We certainly have experienced a lot higher levels of graffiti and, um, you know, just overall destruction of property in the last few years. Um, and certainly our, our park steward team that is pretty small. I mean, it's a less than a handful of park stewards that we have and a lot more than 80 parks to have to cover. And, you know, they work closely on those um, safety issues. We, like everyone else, have um, more frequent encounters with individuals experiencing homelessness in our parks or in the community. So, you know, I think all of those um, aspects of, of feeling safe and feeling welcome, um, really kind of roll up together in, in the survey. The good news for us is that it does seem like the large majority of people do feel safe in our spaces, but it is something that we want to dig into a little bit further in, in future surveys. 
looking at usage, so those people who are coming in, you have seen an increase in visitors in the, just even since the pandemic, which is a little bit surprising to me because I think of parks as staying open during COVID. And that was something that we know people were trying to get outside. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, um, we were very proud during the pandemic to be able to have our our open spaces of our parks and our trails open for the duration. We know that they were really, really important for quality of life for members of the community. Now, um, our recreation programs and facilities were in a different situation. For the majority of that time, we had restrictions on, on what we could facilitate to occur And those are the areas that we have seen dramatic improvements. And we're now back to pre-pandemic levels of the number of people coming to Juniper Swim and Fitness Center and the Larkspur Community Center opened in the middle of the pandemic. So being able to see um, the growth in in fitness and swim and, and certainly our our sports programs, our art programs, everything is back to pre-pandemic levels or even higher. Um, and we're, we have made gains in the last few months of being able to uh, increase our hiring because that has been one of the things that has continued to hold us back a little bit from being was, able to meet the amount of demand. I was just going to ask about that. You've got all these people coming in and we know what has been a struggle for the Parks District to get enough instructors and leaders to come in and how do you, that's a balance, right? You've got to have enough staffing to meet the demand, but you don't want to overstaff or it, I don't envy you. You know, swim lessons is an excellent example of how that particular dynamic has, um, has occurred for us because we had a backlog of kids in, in particular who um, under normal circumstances would have started their swim lessons in that, you know, two, three, four year old range. Well, they were now, um, you know, behind that and a little bit older um, and needing to get started on the swim lesson sessions. And so our demand at, with a little bit extra bump with the backlog was something that was a challenge on our side to be able to hire enough lifeguards and swim instructors to meet the amount of demand that we have. So we're slowly chipping away at it. And even for this um, this most recent spring registration session, we were able to hire more swim instructors and even add about six additional sessions of swim lessons before we opened registration. So that was kind of um, an aspect for us being able to provide some more supply that uh, the public didn't necessarily see, but they felt it when we opened registration. Before we run out of time, I, I really want to to touch on the the Kids Inc. program and the scholarships you're now offering this year. How has that program gone? It has been excellent. So we have about 1,100 kids in our after-school program that operates at 15 of the elementary schools in Bend. And this year we started a new scholarship program. So it is for students at Central Oregon Community College or OSU Cascades in any field of study that they wish. And they can get a $5,250 
annual scholarship. In addition to we hire them and pay them the, the wage that starts at 18 or $19 an hour to work in that program for us. Um, and it has been excellent. We anticipated and planned for having about 12 scholarships available this year. And we've exceeded that goal. And we have 15 employees that are making use of it this year. Our hope is to be able to increase it and have 24 spaces for next year. For us, it's just a a great way to have some stability within a really important employee area of our organization. For taking care of that many kids in Kids Inc., we need between 80 and 90 staff members. And it is a very specific part-time job that has very specific hours Monday through Friday. So for college students, it can be an opportunity to get a, a nice scholarship and be able to have those nights and weekends free for, um, you know, whatever they choose to use that for. So it's been great for us to see how popular that has been. I remember when you launched that. And frankly, I thought that's a really niche kind of thing. Like I, you wanted, you know, you wanted a dozen to start and I just thought, I don't think they're going to get it. So to hear that you've got 15, I'm, I'm surprised. So they get that $5,200 college scholarship on top of that wage that they're getting. Um, are these students that you think will will actually continue to work for the Parks District or it, it just feels like such a transient kind of job? You know, for us, we, we feel like it's an investment in not only these individuals, but also into the community. I think it enriches the program when we have students who may be interested in sciences or humanities. These are not necessarily college students who want to go into early childhood education. They are certainly welcome to. And I think for for them, this really is an important experience that they're gaining out of it. For us, if what we get is a, a committed employee for even the duration of time that they are in college, that is a win for us. Real quick, because we are out of time. When does summer rec registration start? Summer registration is going to open March 20th to 22nd. So um, we're going to do the three-day staggered registration, just like we have done the last couple of times that has been really successful. The average wait time is less than eight minutes with us doing it this way. So Monday is going to be when all of those important summer camps for working parents are going to open up. Tuesday will be swim lessons. And then Wednesday will be our sport program. So those are the dates. You got to circle them on the calendar. So they've got a few, a couple of weeks to get that organized. Yes. Okay. Julie Brown with Ben Parks and Recreation. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to FM News 100 and 1110 KBND.